Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. I'll introduce us like I do every single week. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey, and with me as he is every single week, the one, the only, the Len Martez. What's up, man? Such a nerd. <laughs> I really don't like that dynamic duo of stuff. Uh, don't giving, the rock and sock, dude. Yeah, I'm giving us a I'm giving us a pro wrestling intro. Fans are back this weekend. I'm getting getting pumped about wrestling, and I'm also pumped about today's podcast because I mentioned at the end of last week's podcast how I might start a riot if something happens. So uh, you're gonna hear fired up. Trey Downey today when we talk about how the, nerd. how the NFL executives <laughs> ranked uh, the wide receivers in, in the league. I not only have a problem with where Mike Evans was ranked, but I have a problem with who was ranked number one. You know what? Wait, let's, let's okay. You, you're right about that, but it's not just about Mike with that list. Yeah. That list is kind of funny. It, it, it is funny but, but it's not but as we talked like those lists we talked about with brady and arians a few weeks ago those were a little more foo-foo than what these <sighs> lists are because those yeah. two were just one person this is execs around the league yeah but hold on see and when i say funny i don't mean haha funny i mean funny like what do you like what's the funny stuff you've been smoking to make the list I, when we talked about the Aryans on that list, and mm-hmm. and I and it wasn't a matter of about the list. It was basically the question was, is he a top 10 head coach in the NFL? Yes, he is. Should have been ranked higher than some of the guys who are ranked ahead of him. Like Mike Zimmer, who is basically, you know, maybe in his last year in Minnesota, if they don't make the playoffs this year. Yes, there were coaches ahead, ranked ahead of Bruce Arians that he obviously is a better coach of. Not to mention the fact that I mentioned it when we talked about it. The fact that the dude has won coach of the year in two different places. He's the only active coach to have done that. So go ahead with all that list stuff. I told you. Yeah, now you're going to get me fired up, Super <laughs> Yes, we'll talk about that today. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk about the mystery of Tom Brady's injury. We now know what it is, thanks to reports from Rick Stroud and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Uh, and Chris Godwin, we'll, I'll just go ahead and mention this now. The deadline is passed. Chris Godwin and the Bucks did not come to a long-term deal. He'll play under the franchise tag this year. But before we get in to all of the news and notes surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then preview the New Orleans Saints as our trip around the NFC South ends uh, this week as we are just about a week away from training camp beginning in the NFL. We'll give you the social reminders. Follow Lynn on Twitter at LMart810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And as always, follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for all of the latest news, analysis, all that jazz on BucksNation.com from our great team of writers over there. And then wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe, hit that plus button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you won't have to do anything. The podcast is downloaded directly to your preferred listening device when it drops 
every single week. So you'll have a nice surprise when you wake up in the morning. You'll have a great podcast to listen to on your drive to work. And also, if you're on Apple, leave us a review. Helps with the algorithm so more people find out about the show. And then, as well, uh, it'll let us know what we're doing well, what we're doing not so well, uh, what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of moving forward. Lynn, I'll get fired up in a minute, but first, uh, let's throw a little bit of more praise on Tom Brady. Not that he doesn't get enough as it is, but the guy, what he did can last- act, can act, super, super good actor in, in his subway commercials. I wonder if, because Bill Belichick does subway commercials too. I wonder if they'll uh, if they'll get those two together. Uh, or- that would be a big no imagine if that commercial like premieres on the Sunday night football uh, before the uh, or during the Bucks Patriots game, that would be massive uh, marketing success for, for Subway. But let's throw some more uh, praise on Thomas Brady's back. We said a couple of weeks ago during mandatory minicamp when Tom met with the media responding to Jenna Lane of ESPN, who asked about, what his specific injury was that he got cleaned up uh, as far as his knee procedure went this off season. And he said he would uh, he's going to be old school and he's going to keep quiet. Exactly what that was. Didn't stay quiet forever because today reports came out. Rick Stroud reported that it was a partially torn uh, MCL and then Ian Rappaport piggybacked off that and said it was a fully torn MCL that Tom Brady had repaired this offseason, and he played with last season. I mean, the guy did this, won a Super Bowl, led a team that hadn't made the playoffs in a decade to not only the playoffs in a Super Bowl, and he did it on a torn MCL. It, I mean, the guy's already the GOAT. Like, what else can we say at this point? Yeah, he's the GOAT, but, you know, I'm going to douse this super fired up trade downy supernova with a little bit of water and that's this i was all in on tom being old school and not letting how did the news of the injury get out now that's all i'm wondering it is interesting and like, yeah. why, why did it? Why did it need to come yeah. out now? Stay too? old school. Stay yeah. old school. Uh, you know, somebody slipped up, and now this for all the things that Tom keeps close to the vest, the injury cuts out. I douse a little, like I said, I'm douse a little water on you being all fired up and putting more praise on Tom Brady. I wonder if uh, this changes Chris Sims' rankings, but we will. We will. Move, <laughs> <Here> you go. <laughs> we will move on from that list to a list that we talked about last week and talking about uh, Levante David and Devin White and Vita Vea and their rankings in uh, this series that ESPN is putting out. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN leading the charge on this. More than fifty executives, coaches, and players are involved in these rankings and ranking the top 10 at every position in the NFL. NFL. By the way, Tom Brady, ranked number three, where he probably should be in terms of uh, the quarterback rankings 
list behind Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So it's simple. Yeah, it's simple. You got one game to win. Yep. Right. Who do you want to be taking the snaps? I said it when we talked about the list that he he was on. Bottom line is that's what a list. That's what the list should consist of. The fact that when a guy takes the snaps on Sunday, you know he's going to either going to be close to winning a football game, he's going to give you a really good shot to winning that football game. That's how that list should be compiled. You might want to put Patrick Mahomes ahead of him, which he was, and the reigning MVP, who basically we don't know what team's going to play for in 2021, Aaron Rodgers, and then Tom follows. Because when it comes to winning games on Sundays, I got one game to win. Who do you want being your quarterback? Those are the top three case close completely agree with you lynn martez but we'll talk about now the list of wide receivers and i mentioned last week towards the end of the podcast and talking about all these lists coming out and i knew that the offensive side of these lists were coming out this week and i said mike evans deserves some respect and if he is not top three (laughs) i would start a riot on this week's podcast i don't see any riot gear tough guy what's up not only is Mike Evans not top three? I was prepared to have a helmet on and a shield. That's, I, was re- I that's, was ready. That's your fault for not having it ready to go. Well, I mean, I, well, we're rocking sock. We're not the shield, you know, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. I promised the people, Lynn Martez, this is your life this week. Uh, I'll put that uh, off. I'll whatever. put that off. I'm glad you another forgot. Another week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and get forgot. Get some of your get some of your professors from, no, it's okay. from Towson. No, it's okay. Nobody uh, your prom no, date. No, no. That's coming at no. some point on the Bucks Nation podcast. <laughs> yeah, but yes, we can keep we can stay off of. Thank you. Not only was Mike Evans not ranked in the top three, he was ranked all the way down at number seven. And you talked last week towards the end of the show about some of the guys that you thought would be ahead of him. And, and they are some of, some of those guys are you, the, yeah. I believe the three names that you mentioned off the three or four names you mentioned off the top of your head were Deandre Hopkins, who's ranked number yes. two on this yes. list. Uh, Tyree kill ranked number four yes. on this list. Michael Thomas, who's actually no. ranked. No, 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 you no, mentioned, no. You mentioned him. Yeah, I'm going to get to the last but it, one. But you, but you left someone Michael, else Michael, Th- Michael Thomas ranked actually yeah. below Mike Evans at number yeah. eight on this list. And then Stephon Diggs. Thank you. Who's ranked uh, number three. So I was telling list. you at that standpoint, I was telling that standpoint that Mike can get in the top five, but those three guys I mentioned, you mentioned four, you want to throw in, you, you want to you douse me a little bit and mention Michael Thomas, but I mentioned three that would definitely be ranked ahead of him, right? And the only one that I... That would make, that would, that would mean Mike would not be in the top. But the only, and I mentioned to you when we went, when we went over this, the only one of those guys that I completely agreed with you that should be ranked ahead of Mike Evans is DeAndre Hopkins. I think... Oh, no, he, no, 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 no. I think oh, he's Tyreek Hill. Ty, Tyreek Hill is a game changer, dude. He, listen, here's the thing about, okay, just like I mentioned in regards to who do you want taking your, who do you want taking your snap if you got one game to win? That's how the list should be compiled for quarterbacks. This is how the list should be compiled for the wide receivers. And that is, 
when you have to be the defense that has to defend that guy, everything changes for you defensively when you can't. And, and there's some guys that you can't defend even when you double them. Hill's one of those type of guys. Hopkins is one of those type of guys. So you can argue, you can argue all you want in regards to Mike. Hill's being- just Hill's just a different a different type of re- type of receiver. Hill might and he he causes yeah, no, no, so no, much I know, problems but- because he can go anywhere on the football field, and you got to defend that guy. In the, in That's the re- how the list should be compiled. In the red zone, are you taking Tyreek Hill over Mike Evans? Because I personally think Mike Evans is the best red zone option. He's the best red zone target in the NFL. Yeah, but that's – I mean, come on. I mean, you can, you can, you can argue for Gronk being a great red zone you target. You can. You can throw okay. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's different. But you give me, you give me 80 yards, <laughs> 80 yards to work with, and to line up that guy inside and outside – that's the difference. I'm not knocking big wide receivers like Mike, but as good as they are, Mike's going to be outside. And you know, Mike's, he might be on one side, he might be on the other side. Unlike Godwin, who actually moves around in the slot and, and, and blocks. Who, by the way, does was an honorable things. mention on this list. Yes, and does different things. Mike's going to stay outside because that's Mike's game. He stays outside. And it's not a knock on him. Because there's plenty of wide receivers like him with the size that, I mean, stayed outside and made great careers and should be ranked in the top five as far as the wide receivers are concerned in the NFL. But the reason why Hill is a different cat is because, again, he can bounce around all around the football field. And as a defense, that's the guy that you have to worry about. And that's why that that's how that list should be compiled. Because when you have to defend guys like that, they create so many problems. See, I'm, I wouldn't have a huge gripe if those were the only two guys ahead of Mike Evans. But I'll ask you this. To me, it's kind of it's mind-boggling to me who was ranked number one overall on this list. And, Devont, and it's Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. He's a great talent. He, he belongs in the top 10 of that list. But I, when, when we talked about this last week, Devontae Adams wasn't one that came to mind for you when you were mentioning guys that would definitely be ahead of Mike Evans. To me, when we've seen Aaron Rodgers get injured and not and not be on the field, we've seen Devontae Adams. You, you just said it. You just said it. 12's throwing him the football. And that's 12 that's what, is throwing him the football. That listen, that helps. Not just not just the, not just on Sundays. But from a notoriety standpoint, because, I mean, you could look around the history of the NFL, certainly in our lifetime. Jerry Rice, look at who def- he had to throw, definitely in throw mind. the ball. Yeah. But, my, but my point is, is that you had quarterbacks who put wide receivers kids through private school. Yeah. <laughs> they, they put guys on the map. I'm not saying Devontae's not a great wide receiver, but it helps when the MVP is throwing you the football. But that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm surprised that Devontae Adams is number one. I mean, look at the guys that- But the notoriety, being number one, sure. assist, the notoriety comes with because he plays with 12. But should notoriety, do you, I would think that that would come more into effect on a fan voted list or something purely 
from one media member or a certain outlet or something like that. The notoriety thing is a little surprising to me when it comes from Experts. players, coaches, and executives around mm-hmm. the league. Mm-hmm. That's that's why that was surpri- that was surprising to me. And Devontae Adams, great talent, but to me, a lot of his greatness can be attributed to Aaron Rodgers. And that's part of the reason why I'm so high on DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, he did get some great play from Deshaun Watson uh, in Houston, but look at the other quarterbacks he's had throw, throwing him the ball. Kyler Murray is obviously on the on the way up, but still, De- Devontae Adams went through a quarterback cesspool. You're not a TJ Yates fan? You're not a TJ Yates fan? I mean, I'm moving to North Carolina, so I'm not going to disparage the Tar Heels too much. But, uh, but no, no, not not a huge TJ Yates fan. And even this, I think, strengthens my argument when it comes to when it comes to Mike Evans. He had no, to but see, he's wait, 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 no. wait, wait. Let me get the argument. No. Let me get the argument no. out. Let me get the uh, let me get the argument out. Go he ahead. Had, he had Tom Brady this year. That was his seventh season, seventh straight season. With with a thousand yards, with a thousand yards, but before that, he had a wildly inconsistent Jameis Winston. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick, also wildly inconsistent, and in his rookie year, came in as a rookie and got a thousand yards with Josh McCown. So Mike Evans, but you, no, but you go you you're going with history, and history is not this list. We've already discussed that. So history why is, is not Julio Jones number five then? Okay. If history was this list, Michael Thomas would not be ranked eighth. Michael Thomas is ranked eighth because of what he did last year and missed uh, what nine games, ten games, played Julio seven games missed, last Julio year. Julio missed time last year. Keenan Allen is my perennially point, my, injured. Come on, man. My point is Mike, Michael Thomas caught 170, 149 balls one year. All from he Drew caught Reeves, 120, And he caught 100. But he caught... Dude, he caught nearly 275 balls in two years. Phenomenal. He'd be ranked higher if it wasn't for what happened last year. You're going back to history with Mike Evans. The reason why Devontae's number one on this list is because the dude who was throwing him the football was the MVP last year, and Devontae had a solid year with that guy throwing him the football. That's why Adams is on this list. This list is about last year. It's the same, it's the same thing with the other part other positions of this list. If you look at the running back list, Alvin Kamara is listed as number two. Alvin Kamara is a great running back, but I can tell you Barkley is better, and I can tell you that Christian McCaffrey's better. But those guys aren't ranked ahead of him because McCaffrey had the ankle You've injury last year. You've seen enough from Barkley in the one year talent that he wise, played. One, just on one... just just on pure talent, dude. Those guys are better. Again, McCaffrey. I'm with you on- I might be with you on McCaffrey. Barkley, I think it, it might be too soon to, to say that. Talent-wise? Kamara's put Kamara's, Kamara's I'm not, great, I'm not, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting him at all. He doesn't even have a thousand yard season yet, dude. Yeah. Four years in the NFL okay. does not have a thousand yard season. On the Got ground. 80 catches yes. every year. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't even have a thousand yard season yet. Don't forget what. Before the injury, before the knee injury to Barkley, what he did with that Giants offense that was just him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm talent with you. Wise, it's just, it's just, it's just wise, one se- one season versus versus four seasons so far. Like 
Kamara's ranked number two because the guys that you would rank ahead of him, one had an ankle injury, McCaffrey, another one had a knee injury in, in Saquon Barkley. So it's more about recently in the league. You want to go back to talking about Mike and how he how he busted up uh, DBs with Josh McCown throwing in the football. That I don't think that weighs in this list. That's to me, you you can say that, but then you have guys like Julio Jones ranked ranked number five, and I think that that has to be based on based on history. I, I look that that is I can't argue that. I can't, I can't, off of what I've said in regards to the list being based off recently and what happened last year, the exception to what I just said is Julio Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting list, but I do think that the point of this whole thing is that I think that Mike Evans is, we talked about it so long with a guy like Levante David, and his greatness. I think that Mike Evans on that side of the ball for one of the flashiest positions in the NFL is just as, if not more underappreciated around the league, as much as Levante was it. It's, it's mind boggling what he, what he has done. And I think that he has put together the resume to already call Mike Evans, a hall of famer, through seven seasons in in the NFL. Well, I don't, I don't argue with any of that, Trey, but here's the thing. Just like Levante, Mike is going to get his, going to get, it's, it's a tougher position to get the notoriety quickly because wide receivers are, I mean, there's a reason why they call them divas. I'm not saying the guys that play in the league now, but, Look around, look in the history of the, of the NFL. Yo, as yeah, Keyshawn, even, even one currently on the Buccaneers that was once considered the best receiver in the NFL. Antonio, yeah, absolutely. So you have, so you have, you have that, and those guys, so you know, they're about the flash. And because of that, Mike is a little bit flashy tougher. too. Yeah, no, but no, he's not. But but in addition to that, it's a little bit tougher to push the guys who've been getting the flash out of the way as opposed to Levante at a position where you play linebacker, man, you just put up those numbers and now your team is winning. Now people are going to recognize you here. Mike is on a winning football team. Finally. And, Got Tom and, Brady he, has, throwing him the football. and he has Tom Brady throwing him the football and he can get the push that he eventually will need to be recognized. I got him in the top five. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't really care. He's in my he's in my top five because I watch him. You know, I've been watching him the last four years every Sunday, last five years every Sunday, so I know what he's about. But when it comes to others around the league, he'll get that he'll get that flash and that push now because of the things we just mentioned, and it takes longer because the guys ahead of him are so. Uh, like I said, they're flashy. It's a flashy position. I, I agree with you. Some of the guys that are that are ranked ahead of him, Stephon Diggs probably probably more flashy. Uh, DeAndre, he definitely gets the gets the respect. He's still not even the most the the flashiest guy. Tyreek, Tyreek definitely definitely flashy. Devonte Adams not super flashy. Keenan Allen not super flashy. 
I just think that Mike deserves a little bit more. My point is it's respect. tougher to, to outshine those guys ahead of you. That's what it is. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I'm with you. I just don't like, it's just weird to me, the guys that are even ahead of him. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is to me. And I think that Mike Evans is and has been one of the top receivers in the NFL. And he has grown so far in maturity wise as well, since he's been in the league, this was a guy who had a lot of drops in his, in his rookie season. And when he, and when he was young, he has completely turned that around. Mike Evans will still tell you that he'd like to work on his uh, yards after catch his yak. He's mentioned that so many times uh, to us in the media, he's gotten a little bit better in that, but Mike Evans could still continue to get better uh, at this stage in his stage in his career. I just love to see Mike get a little bit more shine and, that's even hard to do. Like he has Tom Brady throwing in the football, but because of the depth the Buccaneers have at wide receiver, that might be hard to do as well because so many eyes are focused still on the flash of Rob Gronkowski and of Antonio Brown as well, even though he's at best uh, the fourth option on this football team. But now we'll move on from lists for now, Lynn Martez, and we'll continue to preview the NFC South before we get to training camp. By the way, next week on the Bucks Nation podcast, we'll give you a, a full preview of what we are looking for in training camp uh, this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as my daughter tries to barge in and uh, make a cameo on, on the on this here podcast, pounding on the thought, door saying, Dad, Dad. <laughs> I thought that was Devontae Adams coming to get you, man. No, it's, we're talking bad about it. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, maybe maybe Presley's a big Devontae Adams and uh, Tyreek Hill fan, and I just don't she know might it. Be. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll preview – Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp next week. We'll, we'll zoom in on some of the position battles and guys uh, where they might fit in on this team. Who's fighting for a, for a roster spot. All, all of that jazz next week on the Bucks nation podcast as training camp opens on July 25th, but we'll end today with our preview around the division with the new Orleans saints. And I brought up this argument a million times. The world knows if you've listened to me for 10 minutes, how I feel about one Jameis Winston, but we have to have the discussion again. I won't get, I won't, I will try not to repeat myself too much today, Lynn, but I think that's where you have to start when you're talking about the New Orleans Saints and their chances and how much they'll challenge the Buccaneers, how much of a contender they will be in the NFC. Are they still Super Bowl contenders moving forward? You have to start with the quarterback position. Drew Brees retires. The Saints give Taysom Hill a contract extension. They also re-sign Jameis Winston. We've had differing opinions on this show about whether we think uh, one of those guys has the inside track at being the starter. Uh, maybe I'm blinded because of my opinion on Jameis, but I've kind of leaned toward Taysom a little bit. You've leaned toward Jameis Winston. As we are a week away from training camps opening, uh, from what you've seen, we haven't seen a ton this offseason. We have seen videos of Jameis tr training. We've heard comments from Sean Payton a little bit and, and the team. Uh, are you still as convinced as you were on the, Jam on the day Jameis signed that come September, come opening day, that 
Taysom Hill will be on the bench and Jameis Winston will be taking the snaps under center for New Orleans. Yeah, number one quarterback is going to be Jameis Winston. Um, Do you think it's a battle? Do you think it's a position battle in training? No, I just think it's a matter of – I think it's a matter of having plays that Taysom Hill can have on Sundays. But other than that, it's going to be Jameis Winston's offense. Listen, the the Saints have been extremely fortunate the last 15 years. You think about the fact that you can have the same guy, number nine, take your snaps – 15 years dude and in those 15 years they scored over 400 points 13 of the 15 years one of the years they probably didn't was the year one of the years that bruce uh bruce drew Brees got hurt and teddy two gloves bridgewater was a quarterback but you gotta really think about teams in the nfl that have had the fortunate situation to have the same coach and a quarterback for 15 years this is going to be new for the Saints not not only because it's going to be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill taking the snaps but it's just the fact that Drew Brees isn't going to be there for 2021 that's all new and and listen we can discuss the offense and Mm -hmm. how, how how you know how James is going to have to you know change his game to to fit what the Saints do because he's probably never had a dynamic running back that he has in Alvin Kamara. Especially Kamara, with the skills Kamara had, has. The skills, yes. The dynamic skills that he has. The fact that you can throw that dude the ball, target him 10, 12 times a game. And again, the guy each year, 80 catches under Drew Brees. Yep. That was his valve. Jameis has got to adjust to have that guy because he's never had that type of guy before. But beyond that, beyond that, Drew Brees and that offense has covered a lot of things, has covered. I mean, in regards to, you know, they say like water covers a lot of things. Well, in New Orleans, Drew Brees and that offense covered a lot of things. Before they went on their run of winning the division the last four years, there were some down years in New Orleans. There were some down years in the who that nation. And the down years was three straight, seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. And it wasn't because of the offense. It was because of the defense. The defense was bad. And that's the thing about 2021. Because as much as we talk about it being new, with new quarterback, dude, if that defense doesn't play well, it doesn't matter if it is Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Because they're gonna go back to going to losing and being seven and nine like they were, even with Drew Brees at quarterback. And you'll see more of the Jameis Winston problem, uh, the risk taking Jameis Winston that led you to his ex. That. You don't know that. If the defense performs that way, you don't okay, know the effect. Okay. You don't. You don't know the effect Sean Payton might have. You don't know the effect of having a a guy like Kamara who can who again. What do you, you expect from Jameis? What do you expect from him if if he's given the keys to the car? Oh, I'm so bad at this, dude. I'm I'm a, I'm the guy that when he went 33 and 30 
it sounds like home runs to stolen bases as opposed to touchdowns to interceptions. Yeah, hey, that, dude, you were 33 and 30. That you, you're an MVP <laughs> candidate. You're not, dude. You're you not were the 30-30 you club, man. You're the like, only one like ever. Canseco. <laughs> you're like Canseco. No, it's not that 30-30 club. Anyway. When he was in the 30-30 club, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, that year I thought that Bruce was going to help him clean up the interceptions, all right? I predicted he might have late. Okay, even if he threw for 28 touchdowns, but if he had 12 picks, I mean, you're talking about about plus 16, dude, right? Plus 16. So you're, you're good with that. I mean, yeah, you might want more touchdowns, but dude, plus 16, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's what and, and that's what you want from him in 2021. Just be huge double digits on the plus side, man. Be be 25 and 10. Be again 29 and 12. Something along those lines. You ask me what I expect. I'm like I said, I'm bad at it because in 20, 2019, I thought he I thought he'd throw under 15 interceptions and he threw double that. So um, I'm hoping that having a safety valve like Kamara helps him keep the, the interceptions down. But hell, I don't know. If you make me trade Downey. What do you think the over-under should be at for uh, – because I think interceptions are the most important thing when you're talking about Jameis Winston and his future in the league and honestly the success of his football team. Where do you think that they – not even to be successful – where do you think that they should be set at as far as expectations for him? Because we whether it's him see- or any, whether it's him or anyone else, dude. If you throw more than fifteen, I got a problem. He should be at fifteen or less. Okay. Do you? Okay, so let me- as a fan, my QB, I want my guy to throw less than fifteen. I'm- that because okay, granted, there's seventeen games now. So you might want I'll to give you one a game. If you're one. throwing for three touchdowns and one interception a game, I'm cool with it. Yeah, because yeah, because simple math says you're throwing 50 and 17. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so let me ask you this though about about Jameis Winston and he but they obviously see something in Tamis, uh, Taysom Hill and not just for a package because last year when Drew Brees was injured, Taysom Hill started those games. They won those football games and Jameis Winston was nowhere to be found. The Jameis Winston having that play in the playoffs uh, against the Buccaneers was because Taysom Hill was injured and was not playing. So they obviously see something in Taysom Hill. It's not like the situation here, especially the last year in Tampa Bay, when Ryan Fitzpatrick was gone, where there was something that they wouldn't go back to. If Jameis, that's fine. If, if Jameis is the starter, do you think that Sean Payton gives him how much opportunity does he have as far or what's the leash? Does he have the full year to prove that he belongs as the future quarterback of this team? Or is there a scenario if he starts the season with a couple of multi-interception games, if he is even the starter, do they go to Taysom Hill? How much of a leash do you think Jameis Winston has in New Orleans? Two things. One is he's going to be the starter. We've already, we've already okay. 
We've already we already stated that fact. And the reason why, granted, respectfully, you go back to 2020, you want to tell me about Taysom Hill being the guy that replaced Drew Brees when Brees was hurt? Understand something. There was a game plan that they had in New Orleans that didn't do some of the things that Jameis is good at. Drew Brees and Jameis are two different quarterbacks. One dude throws a ball deep and the other Mm -hmm. dude did not. I mean, no disrespect to Drew, but I mean, his arm wasn't as as same for the last two or three years. Facts. Couldn't throw the deep ball. There was a reason why the Bucs defense was as successful as it was defending them in that playoff game. Because, I mean, 15 yards and in to the line of scrimmage, that's how you defended the Saints last year. That's number one. So, again, the game plan that they had in 2020 fit more what Taysom Hill was about than Jameis Winston. What happens now that you have a full camp and you're able to put in the game plan that fits what Jameis does, he will be the starting quarterback. But as far as the leash is concerned, oh, it's short. Because I honestly can sit here and probably think in terms of, man, you might you might see what we saw the last year of Dirk Cutter when Fitzpatrick was a guy that you yeah. put in relief because there were bad games with James. I'm not telling you he's going to throw with 30 interceptions, but man, if you have a four or five interception game, you daggone right. If you got a capable backup to put in there and, and they have enough confidence in Taysom Hill to play him, which they do, he's going in there. He's going to go in there. I mean, you mentioned about the defense. Let's talk about the rest of this team a little bit. And they lost far more than what they gained, in my opinion, this offseason. They're a team that definitely has had some had some cap struggles. They didn't just lose Drew Brees. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. He went to the Bills. Jared Cook is uh, out in L.A. with the Chargers. They lost some key players on that defense. Sheldon Rankins and Malcolm Brown on the defensive line are gone. Uh, Quan Alexander didn't really pan out for him in New Orleans, but he's no longer with the team. And in, and in the secondary as well, Janoris Jenkins and Justin Hardy, who were a big part of that secondary, are both gone. And as far as players were added, I mean, Jalen McCleskey from former Falcons wide receiver, Alex Arma, a fullback in the draft. I didn't really love what they did. Peyton Turner out of Houston, to me, is a guy that I don't want to say could be a bust, but that's a guy who you're risking when when you're taking taking that guy. I think that he could turn out to be great or he could turn out to be not a very productive NFL player. I think that not when we had an argument last week as far as where I thought the, the Carolina Panthers chances were in, in terms of in terms of the playoffs, to me, I just don't see how the Saints, not only just because of the quarterback, but in looking at what they lost versus what they gained this offseason, I think eight or nine wins is the max for this football team, unless Jameis Winston has some kind of MVP type season. I think that a lot of pressure is going to be on him because I think for the Saints to be a playoff team or especially to be a contender in the NFC, he's going to have to have a season that we haven't seen from him so far in the NFL. I, I don't disagree. Here's the thing, though. Uh, let me add, I agree with what you said. 
And I agree in regards to the pieces they, they lost on the defense. But let me add this. Last year, 2020, they only had four picks in the draft. And all four of those picks were on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. 2021, the first three picks they drafted were on the defensive side. But the issue is you, you have to be able to go into free agency and pick up pieces that you're missing, that you're going to lose. They haven't done that in 2021 because they couldn't do that in 2021 because they're so bad with the cap. That's the issue. One of the smartest things that I heard, and, and I'm not saying that it was the only smart thing that he said, but one of the smartest things that I heard Dirk Cutter say, and I've heard other coaches say from, from days in Miami when I was covering Nick Saban and Jimmy Johnson to Dirk now and Bruce Arians, when it comes to the NFL, 28 to 30% of your roster changes every year through free agency and through the draft. And the idea is to make your football team better, not worse. And in their last two drafts, as I mentioned, only four picks in 2020, all offensive players. And their first three picks on the defensive side this year. You mentioned some of them that may or may not pan out. The issue is they haven't been able to replenish their team through free agency, and they've lost players through free agency. That's why this team, as you mentioned, may win only eight or nine games. This is the first time that the Bucs clearly should win a division in the last 10 to 12 years. No doubt about it. Where do you think Vegas... Think about the teams in the division. No. they they The NFC South for a long time should, should have and could have and was considered one of, if not the best divisions in the NFL where you could make a case for all four teams winning the division a lot of years. This year, what have you we cannot said for do years? that. What have we said for years when it came to the NFC South, okay? You had MVP quarterbacks on every team, but one team. Still got them on Bay half. Buccaneers. What's that? Still got them on half of the division. No, but that's not the point. Yeah. The, po- the, point is, the point is three out of four teams had an MVP quarterback. And it wasn't the Buccaneers. Yeah. It was the other teams. Now, as you mentioned, two out of four teams have the MVP quarterbacks. But one is in Atlanta with that team. And the other just won a Super Bowl here in Tampa Bay. And that team didn't lose anyone. That's where, the difference from four years. Where do you think Vegas has their over? Has the win total for New Orleans? Eight, eight and a half. They've got it at nine. So that's why that's why you kind of called me crazy last week when I said that I thought the Carolina Panthers, even more than the New Orleans Saints, had the I thought had the second best team in, in this division and the best chance to become a wild card team. And I stand by those comments. I called you I just, crazy because I called you crazy because you had them winning 10 games. And I asked you where would they win those 10 games? Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna win any of the last four, maybe one of the last four. So they better have 10 wins going into week 15 or 16. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens moving mm-hmm. forward, but we shall see. We uh, shall see. But the saints to me, like, it's like I, Mike Evans was going to be in the top three and you, you didn't show up with riot gear. People don't know what I'm wearing. They're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> he, he does not have riot gear 
on. Let's not turn this podcast into being about what I am or am not wearing. Let's 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 not go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that <laughs> nice leotard. <laughs> That's going to do it for our preview around the NFC South. Obviously, as as things move forward, once we see these teams in action in the preseason and find out who is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, could any injuries happen, things like that, uh, we'll obviously talk about before the season who we think is going to make the playoffs in the NFC. And if either of us do make a prediction that one of the three teams other than the Buccaneers end up in a wild card slot. No, nope. that's where Lynn is right now. I'm a maybe on the, on the Panthers. I think they have a chance. Just like you, man, on the fence, get off the fence, man, get off my fence. Are you making your Super Bowl pred- prediction in July? Are you making your, all your playoff predictions in July? Because I'm not. Why not? You want to throw at Chris Sims' list at me that, that have no significance? <laughs> Why not make a Super Bowl prediction in July? <laughs> I mean, if you're asking me right Chris now. Chris Sims has, them, has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted Justin Fields. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, so <laughs> next week, we'll talk about the Buccaneers. We'll obviously look at the depth at wide receiver. It's been widely talked about uh, Jalen Darden, the young rookie that they have, a guy like Jaden Mickens, Justin Watson, who makes the, the team at that spot. Some of the depth spots on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, what the battle, we've talked about it before, what the battle at running back looks like for, for the Buccaneers. Is it just going to be a split or is there a true battle in training camp as far as the bell cow goes and you know as training camp moves on we'll see more of kyle trask does ryan griffin have a route to make this football team there are plenty of storylines to get to uh concerning the tampa bay buccaneers and what we have to look forward to this year in training camp for the bucks we will talk about that next week and then we will throw out as well if there are any things around the league we're looking at uh, in training camp as far as storylines around the NFL and obviously the number one that you'll have to that the whole entire league will be watching you'll see updates every five minutes on ESPN I'm sure as to where as to whether Aaron Rodgers is going to show up in Green Bay all of that and more next week he is Lynn Martez follow him on Twitter at lmart 810 I am Trey Downey Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. We are part of Bucks Nation. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.